The following podcast is played by adults and uses adult language. You have been warned. If you plan to play The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a fey wild adventure, and do not want spoilers, please do not listen any further. Hasbro Incorporated and Wizards of the Coast own the rights to Dungeons and Dragons as well as The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a fey wild adventure. Please support the official game. Hello! Welcome to the first episode of The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a game that me and the wonderful people below me are all a part of. Um, let's start with uh, a kind of getting to know you. I am Derek, I am the Dungeon Master, and right here is my buddy Chad. Chad? Say, Hello, everybody. Say hi and tell us who you're playing. Right. Uh, yeah. So, hi. My name's Chad. I play a character named Chesek Otashire, uh, or Chess for short. Um, he is a hex-blooded tabaxi uh, with purple fur, and he is a bard and a bit of a probably a good combination of uh, ringleader slash snake oil salesman. Uh, hello. My name is Ian. Um, I'm pretty much just a guy who's a big fan of D&D and all things Godzilla kaiju related, so... Uh, and I play Bamuth, a woolly loxodon who is just a bit of a himbo, um... and has hopes and dreams of becoming, like, some kind of circus strongman who can just show off these great feats of strength. Um... Someday I'll get there, maybe. We'll see. Hi, I'm Caitlin. I play uh, Lilithalia Eolena Lori Lorelei Toria, or just Lorelei for short. And she is a druid circle of wildfire. She's also half elf, half uh, Eldrin. Being a wildfire druid and Eldrin, she's pretty much a free spirit, here for a good time, obsessed with the Feywild. Just good vibes is her thing. Also obsessed with romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christy. Um, I play Ellie Sugardrop, who is a very small fairy, smaller than usual. She is peppy and loves everything cute and cuddly, kawi. She loves flowers and her big thing is candy. And she's also a rogue and has a bit of a sticky fingers problem. Uh, Chad, how long have you been playing TTRPGs? Jesus, I've never done the math before. Probably about... 18 years? Somewhere along there? My TTRG RPG experience is old enough to vote. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Might be old enough to buy beer. Um, how long have I been playing TTRPGs? Gosh, I played my first ever game of D&D probably when I was like 13, 14 when I played with my dad. It was a very short kind of one-shot type thing. But I remember uh, that experience always stayed with me until years later. I with the D&D club at school, and after our first DM kind of dropped out because he wasn't really all that interested in the campaign, since I was the one with the most experience with that kind of stuff from the previous time I'd played with my dad, I took over as DM, and since then I've been super into D&D and TTRPGs. After that first game, I kind of became the forever DM of uh, most of my groups, so it's really nice to be able to actually play a game now actually playing only about what a little over two and a half years because my first game was with you guys with chad 
in 2020, at the beginning of 2020. So not very long, but I've been watching other games like Critical Role and, and other things for years before that. Probably for about as long as Chad has. We kind of started together, so <laughs> about 18 years. Oh, started. Um, I started uh, with D&D 3.5, so yeah, <laughs> so long time. I just felt myself age. <laughs> um, I've been playing, I think, for about... I played back when 4th edition uh, was like in its midlife. I've really... I dropped out for a long time there, but have come around to 5th edition fairly quickly, thanks to, much like uh, Caitlin, uh, Critical Role, uh, The Adventure Zone, and many other podcasts. Chad, what is the best part of character generation? Oh, uh, for me, that's pretty easy. It's a backstory. I like writing anyways. That's my hobby. That's like my aspiration. That's my dream. So character creation is like the best part of everything for me. Yeah. Backstory, finding all the little reasons why your character is the way they are, ways they're going to grow, all that stuff. Everything else is numbers and rules, but backstory is there's something purely artistic about that. Um, I would have to say the same thing. Uh, I kind of approach my backstory in a way where I found what works for me is that I kind of start off with more of a generalized shell of a character. Like before I was just like, oh, I want to play like a fighting game character, except in D&D. And in this case, I was like, okay, I want to go for like the kind of circus strongman archetype, except maybe he's, you know, really wise, but maybe doesn't have the greatest intelligence so kind of starting with that and then figuring out the rest of like his personality and such as i go kind of having a very light backstory where i don't write too much but still enough where it feels very creatively fulfilling i guess similar uh, it's kind of a two-parter it's definitely backstories my favorite part of it as well just uh, figuring out who the person is not just what not just what makes them up in far, as far as the numbers and stuff the yeah, i love coming up with backstories for them. And uh, and then a second part, I do like to then figure out what they look like, because that could also carries heavily into their backstory and what, what got them to the point at the beginning of the game and figuring out what they look like. And yeah, and then being able to find ways to bring that to life. So like commissioning artists and like seeing your character then come alive on a page, that's similar thing backstory definitely sometimes i'll think of a backstory before i even think of a name and you know basically their family where they live etc you know depending on the world they're in but i also really like doing ability scores putting down the ability scores to kind of flesh out the character you know you have a low intelligence or you have a low strength or anything or you're super good at dexterity like chess <laughs> that we figured out today and kind of playing that as you go through the game so you really i really like taking my time with the ability scores and changing them around to kind of build the character as i'm actually writing it down i actually do character scores first unless there's like an idea that's been eating at the back of my mind for a really long time i usually go with generating the character first because much like christy uh, if I have a f if I have a huge flaw, I want to be able to write it into my character somehow. So then I would make the uh, the backstory. While I have an, uh, an outline, the character stats kind of give me a better idea of what they would be like in the in the rest of their lives. Finally, and this is one I'm not going to be able to answer. Chad, describe chess in one sentence. 
He's seen things he shouldn't have, and now it's left him cracked. King Kong, but mammoth. She's an ever-changing like the seasons with a spirit of fire. She is ever wanting of adventure and making new friends, no matter what they look like or who they are. And then we'll go round Robin to Chad. Uh, do you have any projects or anything you'd like to shout out? Um, Not anything that can be really viewed or looked at right now. Uh, I would say that at some point in the not too distant future, the DM and I uh, and another friend of mine will be hopefully putting out a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, Derek. I was thinking audio drama. A narr- audio drama? Yeah, narrative podcast, audio drama, however you want to look at it, uh, that I think a lot of people will be interested in, especially if they're already into the whole D&D fantasy setting. Ian, do you have any projects you'd like to uh, discuss, talk about? I have a YouTube channel where I talk about a lot of kaiju content and such. Hopefully should be getting back to uploading on there again soon, and that is under Steamed Iguana. And I also do art and commissions and the like under the same handle. You'll find more of the art type stuff over on my Instagram page, though. Well, I'm also one of the two singers in a band called Siren Valley, and we do a lot of covers, but we also have quite a bit of original music. So you can check us out on most of the social media platforms at Siren Valley and our website, sirenvalley.com, and listen to our music on uh, any of the major streaming sites as well. So we have an EP uh, called Scratched Up Heart with about six songs. And then we have a couple uh, other singles, Behave and Wanderlust, out now. I myself have been, nothing is out yet, but been wanted to work on writing songs with like a nerdy twist of them. Songs inspired by our characters and NPCs and stuff in games. D&D. Not really a lot, but um, I am in works with my niece to start a gaming YouTube. Um, She's 12, and so I'm thinking of starting her out on some old PlayStation 1 (laughs) games, uh, mostly of the horror-like, to see how she does, and uh, filming our reactions to it and seeing her make all the mistakes that we all did when we were that age. (laughs) But I hope you guys enjoy uh, this game that we have put together we've all put a, a lot of work into whether it's our characters the story but we hope you guys enjoy and uh let us know what you think in the comments we'll talk to you all again real soon the city of Waterdeep, a coastal city filled with faces and stories unlike anywhere else in Faerun. however a story is about to begin but not in the city itself no 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 The story actually begins far to the north. Imagine, if you will, an orchard of pumpkins as far as the eye can see. Tending to the pumpkin patch are small rodents and pixies, but towering above them all is an elderly man. A man you all know as Madrick Rossif, an aged adventurer and lifelong warlock. While you, the players, have never actually encountered one another, you all have this common thread, this old man and his connection to the Feywild. You may have asked him questions in the past, but he's been reluctant to give you answers. But today, seemingly out of the blue, he has invited you to his pumpkin patch. And of course, there is the undeniable pull that there is more going on. So, I made that monologue before realizing that we were going to start this party separate. So when I say everyone, 
this is going to be primarily Chad and Caitlin. And then, as I described to Ian and Christy, you guys are already at the carnival. So these two are going to have their their plot hook, and we'll get to you guys in a little bit. And I apologize. That's I kind of I feel a little rude doing separating you guys that way, but this is the only way it'll make sense. Do you want us to leave, or are we allowed? No, to no, 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 no. Listen. You guys are more than welcome to stay. Okay. No, get the hell out of here. <laughs> leave. Oh. You're not in charge, Chad. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. No, no, no. You guys are absolutely more than welcome to stay. I just wanted to let you know that story-wise, enter Caitlin Chad, and then a little later we'll get to Christy Ian. There. So, as stated, you two are making your way to the pumpkin patch. Who wants to go first? And if you guys become too polite, I'm going to flip a coin for it. <laughs> I demand Caitlin goes first. I can be both rude and not go first. Wandering up to the pumpkin patch. Caitlin, who do we see wandering up to the pumpkin patch? Okay, so I'm going to describe what I look like and everything. Please. Okay. Um, so you see a elven woman, pretty tall, almost six feet. <laughs> really tall, very slender. Her features seem mostly typically elven, but also seem more pointed and angular, like something a little bit different. She's got really long, crazy teal blue hair with flowers and like leaves and whatever seasonal foliage all throughout it and white wooden like headdress. And she's dressed in leathers and actually quite colorful uh, flowy uh, materials. And she carries a white quarterstaff as well. And green eyes. And as she's sort of very excitedly like making her way through just looking around. You're yeah, absolutely. Shortly followed by a tabaxi. Chad, please describe your character. Right. So as Derek just said, I'm a tabaxi, but I'm a very odd looking tabaxi. Any sort of natural coloring has been overwritten with deep pink or deep purple fur with pink striping on it. I'm oddly tall for a tabaxi as well. I'm about five foot eight, which if you know tabaxi heights, that's actually really tall. And I look overly skinny, although it's hard to tell if it's because I'm malnourished or if it's just that my my suit, which is oddly fine, is just really too big for me. Because it bags around my elbows and knees. I have green eyes. The suit is also green. I carry a uh, iron walking stick with me, much like the old man's cane. Although, when I see the old man's cane, I'm going to look at it very lecherously because that's a that's a nicer cane than mine. I don't like that. I look, kind of walk around with this bemused, interested in everything look on my face. I find everything just odd and interesting as I'm checking everything out, and my smile is just a little too eerily big for my face, but. Maybe the weirdest part about me is that poking from beneath my top hat is a crown of horns that wrap around from the back of my skull, which is odd. Wonderful. You see Madric and the tall elf woman. I stare at his cane. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, hmm, that's a nicer cane than mine. Excuse me, my eyes are up here. 
<laughs> Sorry, I've, been, I've, I've made my choice. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you could uh, join me this afternoon. Uh, please, please, come in. I've, um, would you like some cider? I've got pumpkin cider. Uh, if you'd like something else, I have some pumpkin ale. Uh, I also have pumpkin tea. A nice cider would do me well. One of each. <laughs> oh, she's thirsty. <laughs> I, well, let me go ahead and get those started for you. You come into his... He, he's got quite the house for a man his age, and it's very well kept. You see, like, pixies kind of, like, dusting every every so often. Rodents kind of scamper underfoot. But overall, he's got a very nice, well-kept house. Way far away from civilization. And he begins to make your drinks. He, he, uh, yeah, he's got his back turned to you. If you guys want to converse with one another, this would be a, a time to do that very briefly. Well, just as we walk in and I see the pixies flying around everywhere, mm -hmm. I am going to greet them uh, in, in their native sylvan tongue. And shocked, they reply back, It's, hello, it's good to use that. <laughs> and magic will pop in every so often. They're like, what are you talking about? I talk to you in sylvan all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Does he say it in sylvan or in English? He says it in sylvan. Is it good Sylvan or bad Sylvan? It's actually very good Sylvan. Ah. Like, he does actually practice it with them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're fairies. They short attention spans. Uh, Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seeing seeing the fairies, I, I try to be as polite as possible and talk to them in their own tongue. I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't at least somewhat intrigued by the giantess standing next to me. Hi. I would, as soon as he started talking with them in Sylvan and stuff, that I would excitedly join in because I understand. And I'd say to the pixies, like, hi, my name's Lorelai. What are your names? Oh, my God. Uh, well, welcome yeah, to no, my no. world. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, DM panic of, oh, fuck. I know. They need names. He they, they they give you their names. I am I'm leaning on my um bitter blossom my far off realm powers periwinkle. The powers of bullshit. Yeah, the powers of bullshit. Can they tell you their names. Can one of them okay. just be called fairy tale? I'll just make a note. Yeah. <laughs> names. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were you were polite. You were polite and learned all the fairies' names that were in eardrop. In fact, that's gonna be one of their names. Now eardrop. Eardrop. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, earshot is what I meant to say. You come into his cottage, which is very home homey. He comes to you with five. He comes to you with six mugs of tea cider and uh, I forget what the other one was already. Tea cider but he comes and ale. to you with yeah, ale, uh, tea cider and ale for the elf, and for for you he comes up to with the with a cider. And he has himself a steaming mug. Uh, just like, well, uh, you're probably wondering uh, why I've called you here. <laughs> I've acquired many treasures and made very important contacts with many higher-ups during my lengthy adventuring career. I would like to pass these treasures I possess and the favors I am owed to you both. In exchange, I ask you a favor. I ask you to travel to Prismere, a domain 
in the Feywild and find out what has befallen the Archfey that rules it. This Archfey, Zelbina, is my patron and personal inspiration, the source of my power. I've been unable to contact Zelbina for the better part of a year. I fear something terrible may have happened. My adventuring days are, as you can see, over. But Zelbina has been very good to me, and I would like to know she is well before I meet with the Raven Queen. You've come to me asking questions of the Feywild, which is why I've called you here. You see, every eight years, our world is visited by an extravaganza called the Witchlight Carnival. It recently returned and is camped there for over three days now. I'm asking you now because the carnival might pack up and leave in a week or two. And it contains a route to Prismere. A fake crossing, if you will. Seek out Zelbina of Prismere. Help her if you can, and return with proof that she is alive and well. And upon your return, all the hard-won earnings of my adventuring career shall be yours. And that's what he says. Vocabulary words. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I sort of like I'm, I'm scratching around my horns as I ponder what he's just said. And I'm like, I see you have no reason not to go into the Feywild on somebody else's adventure. I mean, it will interfere with my Tuesday, but it was a boring Tuesday. <laughs> I assure you, the carnival by itself will make up for your lost Tuesday. I don't know, man. I've lost a lot of Tuesdays. <laughs> uh, Caitlin? Does he have... I'm gonna assume he probably would when he has pixies flying around. Does he have any, like, house plants and, like, stuff around? Yeah, he's got, like, he's got, like, stuff in the windowsill that, again, very well maintained, nice and lush. Okay, so when when he says he wants us to go and that there's a connection to the Feywild and he's sending us on this mission, like, the the plants and stuff in the windowsill, like, if there's, like, flowers, they just, like, pop and, like, bloom and everything, like, blooms up and she's just, like, just, like, clutching <laughs> her cup, whatever she's drinking, and she's just eyes wide big goofy grin and then the flowers just sort of like explode in the room <laughs> one of the pixies in the room is just gonna exclaim and he's going to like look over his shoulder ah well I take it I've piqued your interest he looks back to you you mean you have you have a way a way to the Feywild there is a way admittedly I don't I've I know it exists. Uh, it's in the carnival itself. Um, I believe um, 
Well, there, there must be a way to Prismere from the carnival. You, and you, you think they'll actually let us go? Like, with them? Or is this like a, we have to, like, sneak into the carnival? Ooh, I, I hope it's the second one. <laughs> well, I would not suggest robbing the owners, you see. Who said anything about robbing? We were talking about sneaking. Sneaking I'm talking is... about stowaway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he kind of, like, ponders on it for a moment. One, you never cross a fae. So, please keep sneaking as a last resort when it comes to getting into the carnival. Second, I hesitate to know who would know how to do this task I'm asking you to perform. I don't know that they go back. Well, they should, I would imagine, go back to the Feywild, but I don't think they go to Prismere. And I believe that there is a way to get to Prismere from the carnival itself. So stowing away is not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to go through the Fey Crossing to get to Prismere. Super simple. The carnival's like a roaming gateway. You want us to go through the gateway to get to the Feywild and into Prismere. So basically, like hopping through a window. That's the ticket. He says with a smile. A window that happens to be moving. Like a train. I like it. Yes, quite. Do you have any other questions I might be able to answer for you? Well, what does Zilbina look like so we know if we get there what we're looking for? When she presents herself in the mortal realm, Zelbina usually assumes the form of a statuesque woman with long white hair and a small tattoo shaped like a chicken's foot below one eye. And now you understand why I have this tattoo. He kind of points under his eye at the tattoo he has, too. In the picture, it's above his eye. It's probably above his eye. <laughs> Not gonna lie, don't have it pulled up directly in front of me. <laughs> the, the great fey goddess of chickens. I need you both to roll me 1d8. And tell me the response. Four. Four and an eight. Okay. Lorelai, you actually remember an older family member telling you about this woman with long white hair who helped her deliver you when you were born. And Chess, you actually remember sneaking into the Witchlight Carnival as a child and running into this woman matching Zelbina's description. She gave you a cupcake that made you feel special when you ate it. I shall, I shall from now on refer to Zelbina as the Cupcake Lady. <laughs> if you say that out loud. Well, magic, like, basically, after Magic explains what she looks like, and I have this memory, I'm going to stand up rather abruptly and be like, Say no more, old friend! As though we've been, like known each other for years, even though I've known him for like two minutes. 
<laughs> in game, your... but you've 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 had bump ins with him before. Fair enough. Say no more, an old friend. Your patron, the Cupcake Queen, will be safe as far as I'm concerned. And that is exactly how I refer to her. <laughs> he kind of just like the old man equivalent of blink blink. <laughs> oh. well, excellent. That's wonderful news. Now the only uh, real question is, how many chickens do we bring with us to appease her? Oh, I don't imagine you'll need any. I just need you to make sure that she's alright. Fair. Fair. I'm gonna take some anyways. Not the point. Where's the carnival? The carnival is located between the Lurkwood and the Evermores. If you've gone past Silvery Moon, you may have gone too far. And believe me when I say you won't be able to miss it. Very good. Very good. Very good. Hmm. I kind of, like, look over at Lorelai, and I'm just like, Come, giantess. It is time to save the Cupcake Queen. And I just walk out of the cabin. Regardless of whether or not he says anything else to me, I'm gone. So from this point on, it's Lorelai. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the, the cat walks out of the room, and everybody kind of just watches him just goose step out. Hey, hey. <laughs> Eagerly, like, try, I'm trying to, like, finish my drinks, like, as fast as possible. They're quite tasty. But I'm just, like, chugging. <laughs> yeah. I have somehow not drinking my, any of my drink this entire time, I've just realized. <laughs> You're good. Like, I took it from him, and then I just kind of, like, immediately got engrossed with the Cupcake Queen idea, and uh, so it's just still sitting there. Okay. <laughs> you just see him, like, he kind of pushes Chess's untouched mug over to you, since he sees that you're, like, you're pretty much done with two of the three. So, yeah, please, enjoy. I don't get company too much these days. <laughs> yes. Okay, maybe just a couple more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, I seem to remember there being a lengthier questioning process than this. Is there anything else you'd like to know? Well, uh, have, have you been to Prismere yourself? Uh, I can't say that I have. Uh, Zilbina has often come to me. The domain of Prismir is pure delight, as ruled by Zelbina. She dwells in the Palace of Heart's Desire, a magnificent structure of her domain. So she's like... the queen? The empress? Uh, well... Are you familiar with the bardic storytelling element of the fairy godmother type that comes from Zelbina? She created the carnival as a means by which mortals could enter her realm and beseech her for aid. Lord Lies also looks like taking notes and Perfect. in one of her notebooks as he's saying this. I don't know what else to ask. I've never really been hired for like a big mission. From outside Especially the house, one. from outside the house, you hear yelled back inside, like, basically, like, Chess is now standing outside the house, and he's realized what he's done, but he doesn't want to go back in. So from outside the house, he's listening to you guys, and he's just like, he's just like, ask him who he thinks the enemy is. <laughs> who could have hurt the Cupcake Queen? But he refuses to admit that he's there asking questions. Yeah, that's a good question. There is a fair question. 
uh, one to which I don't have the answer. I can't imagine anyone going after a creature that's sole purpose seems to be to delight people. Uh, so I can't imagine if there is indeed an enemy, I can't imagine it's anything to be taken lightly. To be quite honest, I, I, she, she kind of sounds like she might have helped give birth to me. Like she was like a midwife to my mother. <laughs> I can't say that's terribly surprising. She's a good-hearted woman. <laughs> it just if it, if it's if it's the same person, then I'm even more inclined to want to meet her. And I imagine she at least wants to meet you too, especially if she is indeed the person who uh, literally helped bring you into the world. And again, from outside of the house, you hear she gave Chess the great gift of cupcakes. And Chess, the great gift of cupcakes. Well, Which, cupcakes are important. You know, have you ever had a pumpkin cupcake? <gasps> I might need to make one. I don't know that I can do that yet. He seemed kind of start to stroke his chin. <laughs> a bit of Chess seems to have worn off on him. <laughs> Well, before I go, would it be okay? And are the pixies still hanging around? Of course, they're everywhere. Uh, oh, okay. They're almost like gnats. <laughs> then I'll turn to some of them in Sylvan and ask, do you mind if I, like, sketch you in my book? They immediately pose, and magic rolls his eyes. <sighs> Sweet. <laughs> She's going to start, like, sketching them and put their names next to them. Perfect. Spend a couple minutes doing that. Every so often you'll look over at Magic, who's just kind of beginning to jot down a pumpkin cupcake recipe. No, that's not right. That's... Oh, okay. No, yep. Mm, too much sugar. Oh, yes. I expect that when we get back, totally unharmed and super successful... I would like to try some pumpkin cupcake. He gives you a smile. If you come back alive and successful, not only will you have pumpkin cupcakes, but as I mentioned before, quite the illustrious rewards will await you. But also cupcakes. Especially cupcakes. But mainly cupcakes. with a smile. <laughs> my, my entire campaign <laughs> success relies on cupcakes. <laughs> No, it's our motivation. Are we, yeah. Are we getting gold? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but what we are getting, for sure, is cupcakes. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we should be off. We don't want to miss the carnival. Wonderful. Wonderful. He sees you out. He even opens up the door. and Chess is standing just outside the door, tapping his foot. He he takes the moment after Lorelai exits to like shake your shake both of your hands. I really do appreciate you going out and looking into the matter. I again age. No problem. Leave it to us. I look him dead in the eye and I say, I oh, wouldn't worry about age, old man. I have I believe you probably still have until the end of your story. Don't we all? Unless they stop writing us. Moving right along. So you guys are here, you make a rather unremarkable journey. So in this time, I would say that Chess and Lorelai 
would begin to like know learn about one another. So any information you guys want to like impart off of one another. But that's the route you take, with the exception of like a few non-curved angles. But you end you wind up about it's about here that you begin to notice some patrons, people walking around with fake three foot long butterfly wings attached to their back. It it starts off with like as like one person at first, and then you see four. Then you see an additional eight and so on and so on. And they're fake? They are fake butterfly wings. The more of them I see, the more annoyed I get by it. And I'm just like, that's not culturally appropriate. (laughs) And it's about on the third day. He's not wrong. It's super easy to spot. You see children in face paint. You see glitter falling from the sky seemingly out of nowhere all adorned with these fake butterfly wings. So I imagine Chess is just really annoyed by all of this. I'm very like, I'm, I, I constantly like look down my nose at everybody, just very haughty. And anytime somebody asks me what's wrong, I'm just like, fake fairies. <laughs> <laughs> How does Lorelai feel about all of this? Oh. <laughs> During their travels, you would have noticed similarly that like as she's walking along um, that any of the plant life in the like close vicinity would sort of either bloom or like brighten up you know get like extra healthy looking and then when she like spots finally sees the carnival like inside then again just like another explosion of like life in the surrounding area flowers sprouting whatever everything and she like can't contain it anymore and she just like starts running in and just looking around like kid in candy store that's perfect again uh kids face paint everybody's wearing these butterfly wings and you guys would come here to the entrance of the witch light carnival which is right here you cross this guy here. The first thing you cannot help but notice is this ticket booth. A silver statue of a dancing fairy is mounted on the roof of the ticket booth and surrounded by fluttering butterflies. The booth is decorated with an animated depiction of the night sky with a shooting star arcing across it. An elderly goblin perches behind the ticket booth counter, peering at you quizzically through a spyglass. He lowers the spyglass and calls out to you. Greetings, fair fairgoers. What brings you here? (laughs) Magnificent. (laughs) We're here for the carnival. Wonderful, wonderful. And what about you, my dour-looking fellow? The eyeglass kind of, like, gets right up in your grill. My smile increases to uncomfortable proportions. And I I say, the, the goblin's probably one of the very few creatures smaller than me. <laughs> so I say while looking down at him, I'm just like, I'm here to partake in interesting foods. And possibly save the Queen of Cupcakes, but mainly the foods thing. You're gonna, you're want to go to the Feast of the Orchards, but first, we must get you tickets, yes! <laughs> what is your name? You're asking me or the giant? Both. I imagine you were both there together in tandem. 
There. I'll just wave and be like, I'm Lorelai. What's your name? Lo you said Lorelai? Yep. Does that make you chess? Indeed. Ooh, interesting, interesting. Uh, well, uh, you won't be paying for tickets today. You They've been paid for already. Like, in the middle of his, like, little speech about us not paying for tickets, I also kind of, like, look down at the, like, look sideways at the ground, and I go, like, but I'm still chess when she's not Lorelai, right? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, you're, you're having an existential crisis. A little bit. It's like... You if, don't exist when I'm not around. If she's not Lorelai, then, then am I still chess? Who am I? I'm like, I, you just, like... This has been something that you've been dealing with for the last couple of days, uh, Lorelai, is that, like, I, I, chess bounces, I bounce back and forth between, like, completely fluid conversation, like, he's lucid, to, you think he might be a little insane, because he just kind of mumbles to himself about things that don't make a lot of sense, like, you know, why do ravens like keys when all they can do is unlock unkindness and stuff like that, like, just nonsensical things. Oh, I don't worry too, too much about things, dear. But, um, yes, this is wonderful. This is wonderful news. We've been waiting for you, actually. But more importantly than that, you're not just getting your tickets. You got the VIP treatment. Bahamut! Ellie! They're here! Uh, rounding the corner, we see two new characters. Who wants to go first? I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> I suppose I'm fine. Whoever goes first, I, I, I am the polite one. <laughs> um, well, I imagine I'm standing on your shoulder. All right, well, um... <laughs> and holding on, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I can fly if you don't want me to stand on your shoulder. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is totally fine. Once my name is called, it takes me a few seconds. You see me kind of, like, digging in my ear for something, and then I realize that somebody called my name. I perk up. Oh, oh, and I like start walking forward these big thunderous footsteps as a giant hairy loxodon with like these big old tusks walks out with the fairy on his shoulder. He has this circus strongman's leotard on that looks like it was very hastily thrown together with like tiger stripes on it. And he's also got a little necklace and flower crown on his head. And he just kind of makes his way towards you a little bit clumsily. And then on his shoulder is, is a little fairy. A lot smaller than normal fairies. She is brightly colored, and none of it really matches, but she doesn't care. And she's got this, like, super excited, like, look on her face. And she's kind of like a little kid, you know, when they're really excited, kind of hopping up and down, really excited. And you don't know why. As, as he's walking up, you notice there's, like, this glittery dust trailing after her as her wings are kind of, like, you know, fluttering. As you two make your way to these two strangers, this... Tabaxi and this, this this tall elf woman. You come up to Nicholas, who just shouted for you. Nicholas B, the old goblin. He explains, uh, These are the two VIPs we were looking forward to meeting. Guests, this is your escort for the evening. Hi, I'm Ellie. Oh, hello. My name is Bamboos. Wow, you're so pretty. She goes a little bit closer to Lorelai. Who are you? I love your wings. <gasps> Thank you. You want some? Wings? Not mine. No! Not At yours. The... No, she needs her own wings. Don't be ridiculous, Ellie. Well, sometimes I can't take you seriously. Kind of like the, <laughs> the both eyes, which sometimes kind of go off in separate directions, both just lock on you and like, 
what a thing to say. And then the <laughs> eye just kind of drifts off. Well, uh, the good news is you will absolutely be required to wear them. And he pulls out two pairs of butterfly wings and holds the, he holds them both out to Chess and Lorelai. <laughs> I'm, well, so before this happens, I was like walking around uh, Bamut and Ellie in like a circle. Like I was circling them, looking them up and down. And I say to Bamut, I look up at him, like I get up in front of him and I look up at him and I go, hmm, you still only count as one. And that's around when wings get shoved in my face, I'm guessing. Yeah, roughly, like, immediately after you make that questionable joke, <laughs> you just get, like... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you get an eyeful of these colorful butterfly wings with shoulder straps. These are required for entry into the condom. As well as these! And he hands you both these. Ian and uh, Christy, you will also see this, but you don't get these. You know as well as anyone, which light hands get to do the attractions for free, though you've never actually taken them up on this particular offer. Probably don't fit. <laughs> oh, just wait. Uh, as you two kind of, or as you four kind of all get together, Nicholas explains. By the way, you asked before, and I'm going to tell you now. My name is Nicholas. I run the ticket booth. <coughs> he, uh, he gives it a good old-fashioned smack. And you are just in time. You see, the carnival has three distinct times. To begin, the DM will have to have the right information in front of him. Uh, hey, hey, fourth wall breaking's my job, Nick. Hey. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong, but also shut up. <laughs> Bumwolf just kind of scratches his head. He doesn't understand what anybody's talking about right now. <laughs> First and foremost, you should know that uh, fighting is definitely unpermitted. So be sure to keep your fisticuffs cuffed. Secondly, because you're here early, you should know that you're just in time for some of the more interesting parts of our our wonderful traveling family. You see, if you just gather at the thoroughfare, not too far from here, points behind him towards the big top. If you decide to near the big top, there is we have the beginning of the gift giving ceremony. It's kind of self-explanatory. I hope, it, I hope you understand. And then in about four hours, we have the big top extravaganza where midnight will dazzle and delight you. And then at the end of the night, roughly around midnight, we have the crowning of the Witchlight Monarch. And Mr. Witch will pick Carnival Goer as the king or queen of the Witchlight Carnival for the evening. I'm not eligible. She gets all pouty. Oh, Ellie, you know... That's absolutely correct. <laughs> he doesn't know how to console you. He's a goblin. <laughs> my ears... Do, um... Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, my ears perk up at the mention of being a king, and I, like, look over to uh, Lorelai, and I'm just like, you know, I'm a bit of a royal myself on my fairy godmother's side. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, then you Do should I... probably go to the Pixie Kingdom. You might see some blood there. About to get sorry, real... Lorelai, you were saying? About to get real dark here for a second, because I just look down at my hands, and I'm like, I've already seen a lot of blood. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, blood on the outside or the inside? <laughs> do do we need? Wait, so that's this gift, gift giving ceremony. Do do we need to bring a gift? No, 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 no. We give the gifts to you. It's like you've never been to a carnival before. Are they cupcakes? Well, not not like this. Oh, they are not cupcakes. Well then, <laughs> are they midwives? <laughs> Lorelai, that's not going to be peas in a pod. Nicholas kind of like leans over to you, Bob, and goes, 
Yeah, you're going to want to keep an eye out. I thought you would have a boring evening, but these two, they... I don't think they're trouble. I just think they're weird. <laughs> he leans back over into the... You think I'm weird? We both Thank clearly you. said our names aren't trouble. It's Chess and Lorelai. Come on, old man. <laughs> what can I say? I'm old. Also, it can't be midwives. That'd be slavery. And that's frowned upon in most nations. And here. True. Good to know. I feel much safer. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I welcome you to the Witchlight Carnival. And I welcome you to a 15-minute break. Go take one. You've earned it. <laughs> I just, like, walk past him into the carnival. <laughs> he can, He just... He doesn't even budge. He just continues to stand there. <laughs> Don't forget to put your wings on. <laughs> At those words, I visibly, like... My like my back arches a little bit. I'm just like, mm -hmm, you had to remind me. Fine. Rules. <laughs> Rules. Chess. As Ru you walk rules into the are carnival, but lines on a page. As you walk into the carnival, I want you to make me a perception check. Is chess good at perception? I have a feeling he's not. And Derek, I do have a question. Okay. I will get to you in just a second, Christy. Yeah. With I'm a pretty five? sure I got a five. Yeah. With a five, you're just so annoyed like at putting these things on. You actually kind of suck at it to the point where Lorelai has to come over and help you. <laughs> She's just kind of like, no, it's, it's like this. Thank you, giant friend. And uh, Christy. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, reiterate on why we're with them. Are we keeping an eye on them? Are we like their personal bodyguards? Are we giving them a tour, etc.? Your mission as given to you by... Your boss. Burley. Yeah, I reread it and I wasn't sure. You're basically kind of just, yeah, you're basically working as a security detail to make sure, like, nothing particularly bad happens to them. Okay, so we're just following them around, basically. More or less, yeah. I had to figure out a way to get you guys in the story somehow. <laughs> okay. You're making sure this... nothing bad happens to us and that we're not happening, having anything bad happen to anybody else. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> While I, you're trying to get the wings on, Mammoth is just, like, dashing around, doing, like, poses and stuff, like, looking for danger. It's just totally corny, but he seems to be taking himself very seriously. Like I, Kronk? Like, yes, like Kronk. Like Emperor's Yes. Emperor. Yes, like Kronk. Oh. Do you do your own theme music, Bummit? Uh, you do hear him humming, like, just a little bit under his breath. It's a very low kind of hum. You do hear him kind of humming as he goes around doing these poses and looking around um since he's doing that um i'm gonna i'm gonna fly and then land next to you guys and gonna walk interesting choice considering the uh he's the... very good at his job i imagine that you have to take like really fast steps like you're practically jogging well <laughs> like i said remember technically i'm small but he said cosmetically i could be smaller yeah you're 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 cosmetically tiny but for uh, mechanic purposes, we are calling you small. Yeah, so my movement is technically 30 feet. <laughs> Magic, your legs are like going like super fast. <laughs> <laughs> my legs like consciously. No, sorry. No. Go ahead. I was going to say, so Lorelai's consciously like trying to take smaller steps so that she doesn't get ahead of her. I was thinking, uh, like, Dexter's Lab, where it's, like, a really small person making little shuffles. 
And she's not phased a bit by this. Yeah, no, this is just a normal day for her. Um, no. Actually, in fact, make <laughs> make a dexterity saving throw real quick. Me? Yeah, just for funsies. Perfect. You're you're so used to carnival life. You're able to get right out of the way of an elf on stilts. He was about to squish you, but you uh, you were able to circumvent the stilt, who is currently being accosted by children who pass by, who are like, "Hey, hey, wow, well, well, look, he's on stilts!" Woo! And like <laughs> the stilt walker wasn't paying attention. Oh, sorry, Ellie. As he passes by, <laughs> I, that I, happens a lot. I stare at the stilt walker and like transfixed curiosity fighting back every cat tendency that I have to just knock him the fuck over. <laughs> but he's not on a countertop. But he's precariously perched. <laughs> That's fair. I must run between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> sure you're not a dog? Uh, <laughs> Clearly you've never owned a cat before. You know, that's not entirely inaccurate. <laughs> Bamut, his security checks you guys will pass by Calliope. A merry tune spills forth from an instrument on the back of this brightly painted wagon. A monkey, wearing a cloak covered with buttons, turns a handle near the wagon's rear, sending music into the air from two rows of golden whistles. As you watch, a goblin dressed as a ladybug toddles up to you, rattling a tin cup. Okay. Be prepared for whimsy. Um. I'm just like staring at the tin cup like, okay. That's a mighty fine you look cup you have. It just kind of, like, it rattles it some more. I'll, I'll put a gold in there. What is rattling it? It's a it's a goblin dressed as a ladybug. And, Lorelai, you're kind of surprised when the goblin looks into the mug and flicks your gold back at you. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, would I know what's supposed to go in there? You make a... Well, I guess you wouldn't have to... Uh, yeah. You, you could look in. Easy enough, you see that it's another button that's rattling around, not gold. A button? A button. Like, a close button or, like, a pressing button? A close button. I look, I, I'm going to look at Ellie and Bamut and be like, Translate, is this a cu button cup? What? Would Bamut know what that's for? Let's make it a, um, let's make a general history check. History check, okay. Oh boy, <laughs> this is going to be fun. It's a low DC. It's a low DC, okay. Um, Challenge four. accepted. Yeah, it Oddly enough, you... <laughs> You recall, because you've passed by this so many times, you do recognize that the buttons are meant to be sewn back onto the monkey's jacket. So he's asking for buttons. He's asking for buttons. Uh, do you have any buttons? I'll point. I remove one from my, from my suit jacket with one of my claws and drop it in. So he now has like a green, an emerald green button. Okay. Actually, I think that, yeah, Bamut has Weaver's kit. Would that include buttons? I'm going to say for the fun of it, yes. Bamut just kind of takes, like, a little, like, sewing kit off, this, like, off the side of his belt. He starts looking through it. He takes out three buttons. Here you go. And he drops it in the, in the tin. The goblin jingles, continues to jingle uh, the, the tin cup. Oh, he reaches back into his pouch and takes out three more. Oh, no, he's not pointing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not pointing it directly at you. He's just kind of like anybody else here. So, like, he's pointing it toward Ellie and Lorelei. I legit don't have any. So. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> what, would a, what would a fairy button even look like? I imagine it being super tiny. Like, um, 
a quarter of the size of your pinky tip. I forgot to mention that I she does smell like freshly baked sugar cookies. Awesome. <laughs> like at all times. That's perfect. You're lucky you don't smell like cupcakes. I know. We I made this character before that joke, so... <laughs> we might have had a problem. <laughs> it's just Jeff constantly trying to eat Ellie. <laughs> Lorelai, do you have any buttons? This poor slave needs some for his cruel monkey master. He's not a slave. Mm. He's not a slave. He looks. The monkey looks back and says this. That's exactly what a slaver would say. The monkey glares and goes back to turning. <laughs> it's okay. I, I have more buttons. And he reaches back into his pouch and he puts buttons into your guys' hands. Ooh. <laughs> Ellie, I imagine it's literally the size of your torso. <laughs> how many How many did you give me? I, 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 I'd say that he each gave you one, but... This giant hand with, like, these tiny buttons, so you you can hardly even see the button, like, between his fingers as he drops it into each of your hands. <laughs> okay, if, if I got extra, I would try and pocket one. Uh, the monkey looks back and says, even though I probably should berate you, he looks to uh, Chess, I will instead thank you. Aww. I'll put my button in the cup. Me too. Like, fly up to it. <laughs> Drop it. I've already given buttons. I'll give these buttons, too. I don't particularly want extra buttons, but... Perfect. I'll keep the tunes going as long as the good times keep flowing. Oh, they will. We're on the job. Once you say that, Bamwood immediately goes back into, like, his security detail pose. <laughs> the monkey gives a nod and continues its work. As you kind of, like, have this conversation down the main thoroughfare drag... A 12-foot-tall walking tree, garland in golden ribbons, marches down the thoroughfare. Emerald clouds swirl above the tree and rain down golden spinning sycamore seeds. Fairgoers try and catch the seeds before they hit the ground. As the seeds gently fall, a chatty squirrel scrambles along the burrows of the tree, handing dandelions to select passers-by. Laura, I would definitely be reaching to, to grab. Grab. What, what was it that falls? <laughs> what you uh, seeds? The, the sycamore seeds. seeds. Yeah. So I need you to make dexterity check. Okay. Uh, same for you then. So a check, not a save? Correct. 11. Okay. Okay. Man, see, Bamu and, like uh, you can roll 20, man. <laughs> you could use regular dice if you so choose. Might have to start doing that. Roll 20. That's uh, fine. Does not like me. That's a okay. I'll, I'll uh, give Beyond a couple more chances before I switch to my physical dice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, digital dice, they're only here to fuck you. I'm, I'm sure of that. <laughs> Ellie and Bamu are absolutely eligible for this. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Yes. You guys are more or less fairgoers, so okay. feel free to like pitch in and join in the fun as much as possible. I know that Ellie would really want a flower, though. Okay. So I'll still try and catch the seed, though. Chess's cat-like reflexes might be overshadowed his annoyance of all the butterfly wings constantly flapping around his face from every possible angle that he ex he just that was a dex save. I need a dex check. Oh, sorry. That's okay. And he uh he swings at a cluster of seeds and they just all go through his paws. As for Ellie and Lorelei, you're both able to catch a dandelion seed. Lorelei 
you grab the seed, you open your hand to look at it to see if you caught it, and you see the seed, and then it, like, dissolves into pixie dust. And for whatever reason, this is now a character trait of yours, which is unfair because you practically already I'm used at this point. For Ellie, you catch it, and it's a bit bigger, so you're, like, again, you're catching, like, you're catching a giant medicine ball, more or less. Yeah, it's easier uh, for me, that's why. Yeah, you catch it, and... Oh. You catch it, and once again, poofs into, like, fairy smoke. You breathe it in, and you get the ability... You get this. You get uh, 1d4 you can add to any ability check before the next dawn. So oh, nice. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Ian, did you roll? I have not rolled yet, because I, I didn't have a... I was waiting for everybody else to finish. He's gonna, like, reach out with his trunk... And, like, breathe in, trying okay. to see if you can, like, catch it with this trunk like that. Um, I, I like it. So go ahead and roll at advantage. At advantage. Uh, for the decks? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, I think I will switch to physical dice. I've got so many. I <laughs> may as well use them. Not a problem. That is a 14 for decks. Okay. You also, you're, you're able to catch one in your nose, and you snort out pixie dust out of your trunk signifying that you caught it you also get the 1d4 ability check so next time uh, whenever you like to use it awesome that uh, just like has a giant sneeze from snorting pixie dust and like some of the kids turn and clap at you like it's a, like it's uh, an attraction <laughs> he does a like strong man pose he does like the flexing of the muscles okay i got to do a per do a persuasion check for me oh boy <laughs> Lorelai is just giggling like crazy. <laughs> it's the funniest. Um, that is flat 10 for persuasion. Of the group of kids, only one kind of like joins you. And he's like the scrawniest little guy. And he's, he's got tiger face paint on. He's, he joins you. That will just Lorelai. has a big smile. <laughs> Lorelai. I would also, along with Ellie, I not only would try to catch a seed, but then I would have also tried to get the squirrel's attention. Too. He kind of um, eventually you see this chetty little uh, squirrel just peeks out, peeks out. And he he, and he hands some kids some dandelion seeds. So he's with an eye shot. She's like super giddy now. OK. Hello. She's gonna, like reach out. She's going to try and dig in her bag for like like any kind of like nuts and stuff, you know, food. OK. Her, like, rations and stuff to try and like offer it to him. <laughs> Make a persuasion check at disadvantage. Oh, no. Not, not animal handling. No. <laughs> I, no. Aww. Yeah, no, this is a persuasion check. Ha, that's a one. Okay. The tree lumbers through the crowd. You kind of hear him go, sorry, dude, he's a lot. And he uh, wanders past. The squirrel actually glares at you. <laughs> and while still glaring at you, hands a kid a dandelion. He's mean. Ellie's going to get all huffy because she didn't get one either. Her, her, her. Her eyes are going to tear up, but then she's also going to be, like, laughing. Because she can't. She has to be amused. <laughs> I'm just so happy. Seeing um, um that Ellie is upset, Bam, like, seems to go into, like, a second of panic, trying to figure out how he can fix the situation. And he reaches up to his flower crown, and he plucks one off and hands it to her. Uh, Ellie's, um, it's, like, almost bipolar. Immediately, she's happy again. <laughs> And hugs the flower and then goes up and gives him a big old kiss on the forehead. Well, a little kiss. <laughs> the littlest big kiss. Thank you! You're and welcome. she's gonna put it in her hair as best she can. The, um, 
as you guys were like walking in, uh, like the flowers and the grass and everything was like spreading and blooming around you. And then after that incident, even though she's smiling, but she's obviously upset, like everything kind of starts to dim, like the, the, the grass and flowers start to like wilt on the ground. Uh, seeing this, I'm gonna, um, whisper to, uh, I'm with her too, and then point at Lorelai. <laughs> um, um, uh, picks another flower off the crown and, like, hobbles over to you and hands one to you as well. She's gonna put it in her little headdress and copy again. I need everybody to make a perception check. You ask a lot. I know. For that time that Lorelai seems like to be pouty, the lights actually flutter, almost like a brownout. But as you put the flower in her hair, the lights stabilize. Oh, magic. Bamu kind of looks around and is a little bit like frightened because he doesn't quite understand what's going on, but tries to keep composure. Would I have noticed that or thought it was weird? Absolutely. Everybody, I would say everybody saw this, but every everybody else didn't. It, se- it seems. Nobody you mean else- like... The uh, goers, the yeah, the, the rest okay. of the the rest of the fairground didn't seem to notice. Everybody else is so caught up in everything going on. Everybody's it's like again, it's like Disneyland. Like there are people crossing by. It gets a little tight in some areas. There are the stilt walkers, children walking around in face paint. In that moment, almost solely centralized on you, the players. Things flickered briefly, but they flickered. Chess just kind of looks around and mutters to himself, like, don't make her sad or the sun will go out. Bamu kind of points at Lorelai, like, did did you do that? Oh, I don't think so. Well, get, get, get sad like... again. Oh. Um. I mean, most of the time it's just, just the, you know, the flowers and stuff and get a little sad. I, I don't know. I'm not sad right now, though. Ellie, you can't just tell people to get sad. You must hurt them emotionally. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. Hmm. Well, them's the breaks. Mamo th- seems to think for a second, trying to think of how he can make somebody sad. He seems to be really thinking hard about it. Like, he's just can't come up with the idea. <laughs> I guess things get wilty. Also, when I'm in pain, maybe I'll just, like, hit myself. You, you purposefully inflict pain upon yourself. As passersby kind of look on in befuddlement, but nothing seems to happen. At as at the passersby, uh, I yell, I yell at them like I like raise my stick into the air, and I'm just like, "What's the matter with you? You've never seen a science experiment before. Mind your own business." <laughs> Make an intimidation check. Whatever that is. Twenty. Oh my goodness. The fairgoers that were looking on do that thing where they immediately look forward. And their eyesight does not go anywhere near you guys for the rest of the uh, time you guys are within eyeshot. Kind of muttering under my breath now, like, you foolish fake fairies with your greedy peepers. Um, do you say that out loud to them? Well, under my breath. Like, I, I don't... Under your breath. Yeah, okay. I, say it, I say it loud enough probably for everybody around me to hear. But okay. not like, just, just the four of us. That's fair. Okay. Are you hungry? I'm hungry. Yes. No, she's Lorelai and I'm Chess. We've been over this. Okay. Chess? And Mammoth is gonna take a small glass chess piece out of his pocket as well, and he shows it to you. What? Which chess piece is it? it? Comes from the chess set. The book doesn't say. It was. It was from the Feywild uh, trinkets. Let's say that it's a knight. Fair enough. My eyes like dilate. My ears kind of go down, and I'm just like, "That's beautiful." Would you like it? 
I hold out like my hand and I'm just like, yes, please, friend. He sets it in your hands. I immediately like put it underneath my hat. Clearly the safest place on my entire body. <laughs> I like you very much, Bamuth. I like you very much. You can count as as many as you want now. Thank you. You this are session. very kind, Catman. This session brought to you by Weapons Grade Wholesomeness. Lorelai feels bad because he's been giving a lot of stuff. <laughs> she pulls out flowers from her hair, not not the one he gave her, but the ones that are like growing out of her hair, and pulls out like a few of those, and like puts those like behind his ears. And also where she pulled from her hair um, as she pulls the flowers out, like another one regrows in its place, and she gives him some. Never and ending. <laughs> And she also gives one to Ellie. <gasps> That's so pretty. She'll put it in her hair. Mammal kind of adjusts his crown with like the new flowers in it, and he's like, I am a very pretty Loxodon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Thank you as well, tall lady. Despite being like two feet taller than you. She doesn't get to look up at people very often. So, yeah, it's the first hour of the night that that takes place. And then people start to disperse and go around. So, food. I mentioned food. Oh, rides. There's rides. There's attractions. There's entertainment. There's... I don't know. I've seen everything, so you guys pick. I mean, I want to see everything. So... How about we pick a spot and then, like, make our way around? Well, food is that way. That's where the feasting orchard is, right? Derek? Yes, I was just about to type you, type to you guys. Both Bahamut and Ellie would know that the feasting orchard is to the north and might actually be, like, the best way to start an adventure is to just kind of, like, start at the feasting orchard and work your way around. So you guys head to the north, one of the more northernmost parts. Um, I'll be naming off all the food they have there as we're, as we're going there. You would explain that this place is known for its food eating contests you don't know what today's menu item is usually it's it's quite the show as you guys begin passing by you notice a satyr with red and white striped horns playing pipes leading a procession of dancing rodents as you make your way through to the feasting orchard music and mirth radiate from this part the heady scent of flowers mead and berry pie waft through the air stilt walkers pluck fruit from trees musicians drum pipe and strum everywhere there is singing dancing and an inordinate amount of custard you guys wander through you see that the custard is being placed out onto the tables you are stopped by someone who just goes tickets please he didn't say that's a me and bama right Correct. Okay. okay. I hold out the ticket that we got? Yep. Okay. And he just grabs the, he pulls out a hole puncher and and hands it back to you. Ellie and Bama would know that tickets are good for eight punches. It might not have been explained to you. But no, uh, he was, he was just going to start counting on his fingers up to eight. And then he's going to be like, you have seven punches left, I think. Bamuth is not very good at counting. That's right, though, and uh, Ellie will applaud. But Bamuth kind of smiles a little bit. I remember that we were told when we started working here that tickets each get a certain number of punches, but I'm sure we could get you more if you wanted to see everything. So, yeah, what, what's the difference between a regular ticket and a VIP? Do we get 
they would explain to you that the security that you're getting is the VIP experience. Cool. <laughs> to put it another way, they are the gift. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's called slavery. <laughs> hey, they're willingly working. Bumble gets paid fair living wage at circus. <laughs> okay. You walk in for three of you. Three of you being Chess, Ellie, and Bahamut. Well, first, I would say Chess. The first thing you hear is unexpected, which is strange considering the Feasting Orchard itself is so peculiar. But you hear over the coughing, over the, over the clattering of custard hitting the countertop, you hear a familiar set of strings being played, one you've been trying to replicate for a very long time, but haven't quite been able to perform. Ellie, or yeah, Ellie and Bahamut, you recognize the familiar face of uh, the Witchlight Carnival as, as a guest who's almost always here as a regular. Um. And the strings being played are the same, or coming from the same location as the regular. Yeah. Chess immediately stops upon hearing that music. And his, he, like, his head darts around as he's trying to locate it, and he finally just, like, turns to Ellie and Bamuth, and he's like, where, where is that sound song coming from? And you can see he's almost, like, twitchy about it. Do we see where she is? You see her. Yeah, she's, she's sitting on a far end table. She's kind of all by herself. You see this person, a halfling woman with dark hair, sporting a smile as vibrant as her own clothes. Sitting at a table by herself, strumming on her instrument. And do we know her name, or do we just know that she's a regular? You just recognize her face. You've never actually got a second to talk to her. Bamuth kind of points over to where she's sitting at the table, and, and he says, Oh, uh, that is one of the carnival regulars. She plays very nice music. I, like, immediately turn to where Bamuth is pointing. And I start muttering under my breath, and you guys kind of... You... you, you catch glimpses of it as I like very quickly go over like you just hear me keep saying things like that's the song, that's the song the universe's song, it holds the worlds together and stuff like that and I immediately like, uh, I have to talk to this person oh, he's very fast yes, I will oh, just for you him? <laughs> I will be using my feline agility to <laughs> move even quicker okay, quicker than normal so I'm practically bounding over in her direction. Mammoth looks at Ellie like, what should we do here? Let's go! Jim. Just start lumbering towards them. Ellie's gonna grab Lorelai's hand and her finger and pull her along. Perfect. I, just, I imagine Lorelai's like, but this custard, the what? <laughs> Gets pulled. It wasn't cupcakes, it wasn't worth it. You come to this woman, I misspoke, is actually sitting on like a swing, on a branch swing under a pear tree. She looks up to you as you, like, are aggressively making your way toward her. Yes, aggressive. Yeah. I, I am I am moving very quickly, but I'm not performing any aggressive actions or, like, like I don't look like I'm mad or anything. I am a bit frazzled, though, so, like, as I come up to her, like, I, I'm continuing, like, this entire time that I'm moving towards her, I'm continuously muttering to myself. And even, like, as I get up to her, like, I, I it takes me a second to kind of collect my 
thoughts, and I'm just like I say things like, "Is this the answer? Could the answer be a bard in a pear tree? Is this what's what's this all about?" And like it, I just mumble to myself for a while before finally like basically I bite my tongue and I close my eyes and I breathe in for a second and I go, "Hello, what is that song you're playing?" I'm very tense about it, like I'm trying to restrain myself. She looks up to you. She goes, she kind of giggles to herself. Wow, you got here fast. Always got to rely on someone's stomach, I suppose. We all rely on our stomachs, but my ears are what drew me here. <laughs> ah, Bard, I see. I had a feeling. Tunes her, you see her like tuning her instrument. And I see we have, we have the muscle, we have the sneak, and we have life. Hello. Wonderful. Wait, can, who's who? Can you point that out? Yeah, like, like, Chess, like, waves his hands and, like, waves his, like, right hand. Uh, he's holding his cane in his left hand. He, like, waves his right hand dismissively, and he's just like, he's, he's just like, yes, yes, Bombuth is a, Bombuth is a fine gentleman. Ellie is a precious fairy, and Lorelai is a queen amongst elves. That's all fantastic. The song, please. The song? Oh, I think you already know the answer. <laughs> she says smiling like she knows that she's kind of dancing around the answer for her. and like so like when she says that and like can kind of see what she's doing and I'm just like like, <laughs> like I'm just like it's the background music for you the universe it's the song that plays when nobody listens and I need to know the notes <laughs> <laughs> my my aren't you manic <laughs> Say what? I, I grow like deadly serious for a second, and I like almost relax at being called manic. And like I place my both my hands on my staff, and I just kind of look at her, and I get that really big smile on my face, and I'm just like, "My dear, you have no idea." She goes, "Yes, I do. Please, please. I know, I know. This one is chess. I know that one is Lorelai. Admittedly, you're in. I've seen you before. You you work at the carnival." She looks to Bahamut and Ellie. I work here. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I think I, I, so I see. And so does he. He's my best friend. My name is Bamuth. We have seen you around here before, but never said hi. Well, see, that's how you're supposed to introduce yourself and meet people. Hi, I'm Elowick Thumblestrum. Hello. And he kind of reaches his big old hand out. And she's a gnome. So your your hand totally encompasses hers, and she makes no never mind of it. She just continues smiling. She's she's a beam of sunshine in a in a perpetual beam of sunshine. She outshines the beam of sunshine. I'm Ellie. She also shake her hand. She returns it, and she also goes back to uh, Lorelai and Chess and properly shakes and introduces herself. My friend, I know you have too many questions lodged up in that. Uh... Oh wow, these are neat. And she kind of like plays with your horns a little bit. I may or may not purr slightly when she does this. <laughs> she, she kind of like takes a mental note of it. and <laughs> You guys must be hungry, right? There's about to be eating contact. If you're so inclined. Mammoth's eyes light up. E eating contest? Oh, yes. Fairy cake. See, Ellie kind of ponder about it. <laughs> I, I look to Ellie and I'm just like, What's fairy cake? <laughs> Assuming she knows because she's a fairy. 
Would we know what fairy I, cake is? Yes. You guys have heard and had fairy cake before. It's a particularly interesting substance because depending on how much of it is single at a single point, it can expand and actually hurt if you have too much of it all at once. You can actually hurt yourself. And that's kind of like the point is this particular eating contest is to see how much you can eat in a short amount of time without hurting yourself. Stairs at constitution score. Like that very sickly man. Yeah. I was going to say that was really loud. That was, that was well-timed. <laughs> I actually have control of that, by the way. I could add that. I could bring that noise up again if I so desired. Nice. Nice. Actually, hang on. This is kind of funny. When Thumblestrum plays with Chess's ears, or his, uh, his horns. Did you just make a purring says, sound? Yeah. Nice. There's a there's an <laughs> there's already a purring sound loaded up. She goes, why don't you guys, you know, fill your bellies and we can talk a little bit more afterward. I'll be rooting for you. I want to do it. Bamboo just kind of looks around to see where the food is. And once he gets a lock on, he just starts trudging over there. It's there's like a table being set up right behind you of like, they don't look like cupcakes, but they're about the size of cupcakes. <laughs> Immediately, um, immediately disheartened. They look more like uh, it looks more like pie uh, the way I imagine it, but the size of a cupcake. Finely garnished, it has it has sprinkles on top and crisscross dough over a simmering centerpiece. Bamuth is just gonna go and like take a seat at the table and just sit eagerly awaiting for the contest to start. Okay. He's, he's very excited about eating food <laughs> as a contest. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to go join him, sit next to him. Wonderful. Okay. If the answer it's to fair. that question leads through cake, then I will eat the cake. Awesome. Is there also like a place where people are buying like just individual, like their own food, not just for the competition? Okay, so it doesn't say in the book, but I'm going to say yes. There's like, there's a vendor. Sorry, that's that's a disgusting sound. Uh, but as part of banquet sounds, and I can't really do much about that. There's a like a little vendor not too far from where you guys are, uh, where the people are setting up that is selling like little individual cakes. Okay. Well, I don't know about the competition. I think I'd much rather watch and cheer you guys on. And Lorelai's going to go uh, to buy food and then like sit. By our Ellie Elliewick 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 yeah um and get her her book out and start like sketching everybody like sketching to the table and everybody are they contest? okay so we'll do the contest first so the contest runs for a minute and the idea is to eat as much as possible you can start with you can stuff three of three of the cupcakes or not three of the cupcakes three of the cake got it in my you got it in my mouth now <laughs> you're giving me mixed signals here buddy. I'm sorry. You could stuff three cakes into your mouth plus whatever your constitution modifier is. And the idea is to basically race each other until the minute is done. You're, you're, the winner is picked by table. So you guys are in a competition against each other right now. Can, can I look to see if there is another table with less fierce competition? <laughs> Wait, so we're, we're together at a table? Yes. Or, okay, so we're all on our own team. No, no, so no. Okay. You guys are you guys are you guys are working against each other right now. It's a, this is 
This is the closest to PvP we'll probably get all night. <laughs> okay, I'd rather be on the same team, so I go to a different table then? You uh, can or... go to a different table. Okay, I'm trying to figure out if we're teams or purely everybody on their own. It's, it is kind of everybody on their own. Okay. That makes this a little bit more difficult. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's all right. I'll figure it out. What, nobody wants to go into an eating competition with the eight-foot-tall hairy elephant man? <laughs> the the cat with a zero to his constitution bonus does not want to know. <laughs> okay, so the cat with a zero to his constitution bonus. You look around to find a little bit more steady competition, and you see, you see one table full of children. Uh... <laughs> You see another full of, like, aged adults. And you see another one of just one other person sitting at the table by themselves. What does that uh, it's a, look it's like? It's a, it's a human. He's got, he's got face paint on where he's wearing, like, the happy clown makeup. He's got a look of morose on his face. Maybe he doesn't want to be doing this. Maybe he's been trudging around with the children all day. You can't be 100% sure. I'm going to go over to that one. <laughs> Okay, you sit with the sad-looking adult. Ellie, who would you like to sit with? I'll stay where I'm at. Okay, so you're going to go into combat with your Loxodon buddy? Yes. Okay. Another person in carnival garb raises their hand and goes, Three, two, one, eat! All right, you're able to... You're not, you're not only able to stuff three plus your constitution modifier into your mouth, but you can also let me make sure I'm reading this correctly. You can you can actually shove more in there if you so desire. So three um, you, three is your base. I will put down E E C Bad Man. And we'll start in order of the Discord. So it'll be Ian, Chad, then Christy, and then we'll go back to the So if you want to add more to your plate than the three. Plus your con mod, which, by the way, how much is that? Um, okay. For me, it would be plus two, so I could fit five in my mouth at a time. Mine's Perfect. one. Okay. <laughs> B, C, E. All right. Set, man. He will go last. All right. So you're able to shove five into your gob. Do you want to try and add more? Yes. As soon as, like, the plates are set down... Bamuth is going to not only, like, wrap his arms around, but he's also going to use his trunk to just, like, slide as much into his gullet as possible. Wonderful. So, I'm going to say that's an additional... I just rolled a d6. An additional two cupcakes, so five. So, seven. I want you to make me two constitution saving throws as you shove in those two additional cupcakes. Excellent. Let me roll. The first one was and these are saving throws yes the first one was a five the second one was a natural 20 okay the first one you take three custard damage and the second one you're you're just fine you you weren't expecting it to hit your stomach as that particular way but you're able to stick seven seven fairy cakes into your gob chest you're up um i want to just start out with three for now but i'm, I'm keeping Keeping my eye on the dude that I'm, like, at the table with. Uh, okay. If he starts going higher, then I will also go higher. Okay. Ellie, your friend just blew right past you. I know. I can I can put four, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just try uh, one more for now. Okay. 
So five? Single? You know what? No, screw it. I'm going to go for full seven. Right on. So four, five, six, seven. I need three con saves. for. Okay. I'll kind of glare at him, too, while I'm doing this. <laughs> Ellie rolls an 11, okay. a 15, and a 14. Okay. okay. Your, uh, your smaller belly is a bit more accustomed to the eccentricities of the cakes. So you're able to pound them. And you like you look him in the eye like, yeah, I see the weakness in you. I'm coming. Yeah. Didn't I just give him like this like cute little smile with like crumbs and stuff all over my face? <laughs> it's the sad man's turn and he's going to eat plus three. So he's going to make three con saves. Chess, you watch as this man, maybe he's eating his depression away, but he he puts six away without even blinking. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> It's Bahamut's turn. Uh, your friend just looked you in the eye and ate the equal amount. Bamuth is seeing this. He's going to, like, throw his brows in, like, a competitive way. And he picks up the plate, uses his trunk, and just slides as, like, the maximum amounts into his mouth. Okay. <laughs> you're at how, You're at seven you can eat? Or is it six? How many can I add? Because I think in total I can do five... Okay. How much more could I add on top of that? I'm going to roll a d6 to see how much more is on that plate, since you and Ellie are sharing the same plate. You can add an additional four. So roll me four additional concepts. Oh boy, here we go. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> that is going to be a five, a seven, okay. a 14, and an 11. Okay, so you're going to take... You take 12 custard damage as the as the the cakes begin to slowly engorge in your stomach. You weren't ready for this to expand as much as it has. But you're, um, what is your HP at currently? I am unconscious, so I just okay. slide so, all this down my throat, and uh, I'll, I'll let you describe what happens. Exactly that. You you do this like very impressive, maybe even intimidating motion where. <laughs> You did this incredible motion where you take it all down your gullet and you go and you go and you're like halfway through. You actually pass out and Ellie might even be looking on in like abject amusement like <laughs> uh oh and your whole body just flies back onto the ground. <laughs> you fall unconscious, custard dribbling out of your mouth and chess. Your competition is outpacing you. Indeed. I will pick up the pace by okay. by two whole um, cakes. So I'll I'll go for five basically. Okay. Please yeah. tell me tell me how uh, how I kill myself. No, no no no. Well, we have to see how the Constitution saves work. Constitution so, saves. Yeah, you're doing you're doing three additional. Two additional. Two additional. Do two uh, con saves. You might not take any damage at all. You don't. In fact. Well, did you're I just? Do two? Oh, I did. Okay. You did. It does that little bubbly sound, and sometimes it doesn't. I'm never sure. <laughs> That's fair. You look this man in the eye like, all right, it's on now, bitch. And you just... You start uh, You start to pick up the pace. You're feeling good. Ellie, your friend is passed out. Does this mean I win? You can continue if you so wish, if you're hungry. But did I win? You did, for this table. I'll eat so, more. Okay. You enjoy the fruits of your labor, your, your stomach, as your friend is passed out, drooling uh, custard. It's now just between Chess and the Sad Man. The Sad Man is going to see that you've picked up the pace. He's going to do three. 
He's going to add an additional... Oh, God. Ow. He's going to add an additional six onto his plate. Jesus. That's one. Two. Okay. Takes max damage. But he's, he's hanging in there. Three. Four. And... Yeah. You see him pick up the pace as well. And he's like... Oh, I'm good. I'm gonna beat you now. And like that sad expression turned into like something of like pure competition on his face. But the competition very quickly fades as by the sixth cupcake, his eyes just roll into the back of his head and he too passes out. The competition that you uh, the competition continues on. All the kids at the other table pass out and all the adults at the other table pass out. Um, having no clear winner competition, the guy who counted it down from the beginning goes, well, congratulations on your success. I'm sure your full bellies are aching. Would you two be interested in going head to head? Sure. Let me check on my friend real quick. I'm going to uh, check on uh, <laughs> Mama to see if yeah, he's okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll actually just kind of like nod and be like, you know, just kind of like, yes, sounds wonderful. And then I, like, march over to uh, their table because I also want to check on Bamuth because he's yeah. been really nice to me so far. I'm just like, are you, are you okay, giant elephant? Bahamut, you, you come back with, uh, with your full HP. Moments later, just the taste of custard kind of brimming on your tongue, still kind of pungent. God, you're almost sick of it. You're, you're sick of it already. <laughs> Gonna, like just stares up he's not sure if he's won or lost the competition yet he just knows that he blacked out for a second you see him start reaching for the table to grab another one no sir sir and like you kind of like your hand gets redirected you're okay so you're, you lost it's okay uh, must eat more no you're good it's okay you lost oh <laughs> it kind of falls back down <laughs> It's the effort My that counts. Eyes bigger than stomach. Oh. All right, we're going to set up for the, for the next round. It'll be the small fairy person versus the giant cat. For the grand prize. What is the prize? You know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. I want it to be a surprise. The referee kind of like gives you a nod. As they kind of like, they wake up the sad man. And the sad man is kind of ushered to the children, and they all kind of like, they all now share the same expression the sad man wore, where they're like, oh god, too much custard. And they waddle out of the feasting orchards. In uh, this time, Elowick comes to you with Lorelei. It's like, ah, that was, that was interesting. I was surprised to see the elephant go down. Too many cakes at once. <laughs> well, I gotta say, it's been very interesting. I'm going to continue. I want to see who wins. I wish you good luck, both of you. Thank you. And with that, we'll go back to the top of the turn order with chess. They they set out the entire table long, and you've now become like the center attraction now. Like you've actually got more than just Lorelai and Elowick. Everybody outside of the feasting orchards is kind of like watching this event, and it's it's just you two, and you're kind of like staring each other down. May the best fairy win. Looks at the fairy wings on his back. <laughs> I'm I'm not happy at this particular point because I'm just like I just want the damn song. Like <laughs> I just need to know about the song. I don't care about the cakes, but it's like mm, fine. Let's yes yes. Good luck to you and you know enjoy the food or whatever. Song. Chess, you're up first. I I will start out with 
four, knowing that she can do four. Okay. So. Chess Ooh. rolls a seven. Oh. Take four custard damage. Fair as uh, one of these one of these custard pieces is just a little too a uh, little too hefty. Fair enough, Ellie. I will try four as well. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, how many are on the plate? Like, how many do we have? I'm gonna I'm gonna say like within like I have I've, I'm making it up as I go along because they don't exactly with the exception of like how you guys take damage and like how the rounds are supposed to go. It's just, like, it, as much as you can grab. So, like, however much you want to try and add to your stockpile. Okay, then I will do four. So, four in total or four extras? No, four in total, because that's okay. what he did, right? Yes. Okay. And do you need to make... Um, I don't need to make a roll. Okay, perfect. Then it's up to uh, Chess. All right, can I recant and say I'll do five and I'll roll for one? Just to make it even. I wasn't thinking. Okay, because if if she does her minimum and I do my minimum, she wins. And if she does her minimum and I try to match her minimum, she wins. Potentially, you could still you could still potentially not take custard, could, but eventually, like over a long enough timeline, right? I'm gonna lose, like, <laughs> cause she she wouldn't have to take any damage, ever. Unless she does something like she said she might do now, which is, like, go five. But there's no real logical reason for her to do so. Just to outpace you. She can so, war attrition me, though, is what I'm saying. Like, so it's, 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 do we have a certain amount of rounds and the most we can eat in that amount of rounds yes. makes us win? Okay, yes. how many rounds are there? Uh, you have 60 seconds. So right now you're at the first six seconds. And then it'll be 12. Wow. Okay. So basically and so on rounds. and so on. Oh yeah, so either way, we I would win because I have one con. Like I'd have to, I'd have to roll above a ten for the next nine rounds. Okay. To even like keep keep pace. pace with her, yeah. Okay, so do you not want to continue? Um, I'm more than willing to basically just say that, like, I pass out and she's the victor, because that's how it's going to roll out in any logical format, unless she just starts going overboard to try and prove me wrong. But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I would do it just to see who wins by roll versus um, numbers, you know what I mean? Versus just winning. That's why I said I would do five, so I also roll one con. But then I'm going to have to start doing more, increasing my own chances of being wounded just to keep up with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we will, uh, we will X-nay this particular uh, uh, round. Um, we'll flash to the victory of Ellie as a couple seconds pass and Cash is already like, you can practically see the custard coming out of his eyes and he face for custard. Ellie is declared the winner. The crowd goes wild. Everybody, yay! yay! Woo! We watched that cat eat it. <laughs> your friends come over and like pat you on the back chest to kind of like wake you up from your uh, from your uh, from your cat nap in the custard. You're actually handed what is another giant cake to you. To everybody else, it's a regular sized cake, and that cake is a cake of invisibility. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, it was a it was an interesting battle. I gotta say, Eloic comes over. I was, that was for fun. You. Yeah. Who? Oh, I am. 
so full. <laughs> you did good. You did good. Oh, <laughs> my stomach doesn't feel good. It was a it was a solid effort, my friend. It was good. It was good. It was a good. It was very entertaining to watch. To our friend uh, Chess here, I feel like I owe you a minor explanation. That would be nice. Hmm? <laughs> Let's just say that you and I have been to a lot of the same places. <laughs> very much like fair. How did you learn the notes? <laughs> um. Well. They kind of just came to me. They have a troubling habit of doing that. Uh, well, you heard them. They came to me. Roll an inside check. An eight. Yeah, no, she's speaking in riddles that you don't even understand. Yeah. But hey, maybe I'll see you guys around the carnival, yeah? Yeah. Of course, um, after I take a food coma nap. Oh, well, don't make it last too long. You got the whole night. I'll see you guys later. She, uh, she begins to walk past you. Enjoy those tickets I bought you. She bought the tickets. Like, it looks like that, like, mind-blown meme, you know, that Ellie goes... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bamuth kind of scratches the equivalent of, like, what would be his beard, except all of it is hair on him, so... He seems to have a very quizzical look on his face as he tries to put things together in his head. And like that, she disappears into the crowd. Congratulations, that was your first event. Yay. An hour passes. Chess very much narrows his eyes at her disappearance because he knows he's not done with her yet. It's okay, she's here a lot. I'm sure that we'll see her again. Would you like another flower? And he kind of reaches up to his flower crown again. Uh, <laughs> no. Thank, thank you, Vamut. No. Oh, oh, okay. And he relaxes again. <laughs> but like, as as chess goes really silent, you hear him start humming that song that she was playing, almost absentmindedly. And as you as you do hum it to yourself, while you still kind of like hiccup on a few tunes, like a few notes, you're closer now than you ever were. I definitely make mental note of that. Like I can Chess very much feels like his destiny is somehow crossed with hers. And he just doesn't know what it is yet. Is that your theme song, Chess? <laughs> Uh, I just kind of, I smile up at this, this, my giant friend here, and I'm just like, not mine per se, but might be easiest to think about it as the theme song of everything. And I just kind of gesture around to, like, the wider world and leave it at that. Bamuth takes it, that in, and again, gets the quizzical look on his face. Everything's theme song. Huh. Real quick, because everybody had a moment there. Lorelai. While you were hanging out and watching your friends eat and pig out and hanging out with Thumblestrum and drawing, was there anything else you Well, yeah, I would have I would have been drawing my friends in the competition. I would have also asked her if I could draw her in my book. She goes, You could certainly try with a giant grin on her face. Make a oh. performance check. Only a five. So it's weird. You do a really good job. At your first, like, at your first sketch, you've got all of her shapes just right. You've got her 
jawline just right. And then when you go to doing the finer details, all the shapes just get screwed up somehow. You try again on another page. It's like, oh, I just, I just goofed. And again, you can't quite draw her at all. Everybody else comes out pristine. She, on the other hand, there's just something about her you can't get quite get right. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she probably would have also asked, so are, are you, are you from the Feywild or, or did you like, have you been there? She's, uh, she plays a tune. She's like, lady, I've been, uh, I've been everywhere. What about this? And I'll, I'll show her a couple things. The chicken, like the tattoo for, um, for Zilbina. Mm-hmm. And like my own, like kind of rendition I made of her, not, you know, exact, but just from what I could get from the old man. So I'll show her that. And then I'm also going to show her, like, a sketch of my dad. I'm going to okay. show the, both of those people. What about these? Do you, do you know either of them? Hmm. Well, that's that's uh, that's the Zalbina signature. I think everybody knows that. And then that's certainly a drawing. Do you know, do you know anything? Oh, I know quite that? a lot. <laughs> about Sylvina, like I'm curious to see if you can find out. Uh. You're asking the right questions though. Oh your friend just Ooh, is he gonna be okay? He looks over I mean... to, uh, at this point it's it's chess who's now currently face first in the custard. You know this indignation will I not be forgotten. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably uh, got should... like nine lives. He'll be great. Uh, okay, I know that custard is rather filling. Let's go see how they're doing. And then that whole situation just played out. She's she's back out into the uh, into wandering amongst the the carnival folk. Can I also? Can I do a an insight check on her just to see if she if she seemed like she recognized my dad's picture? And sure. Sure. <laughs> Though she is not too dissimilar from Cash or Cash. I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep trying to go to Cash. I don't know. I think maybe Johnny Cash, but Chess. She's very similar to Chess in a lot of ways. She's a bit more upfront. And from what you can tell about that, you don't think she has any reason to lie. So where should we go next? We should try some rides. There's those gondolas. Or maybe the dragonfly area. Ramuth kind of... You see his face turn to, like, slight horror when you mention the dragonfly. Just like, not... After custard. <laughs> no rides after custard. Yeah, Chess also like grips his stomach and he's just kind of like the gondola swans sound nice. Nice and smooth and not in the air. The swans are very relaxing. Okay. Swans it is. 
waddle over to enormous swans glide through the water here, pulling ornate wooden gondolas draped in flowers. The swans disappear into banks of silver mist as they wend their way down the river. A jetty extends ahead, at the end of which is waiting a swan, preening its feathers. A person standing on the jetty extends a hand. Tickets, please. A hand maneuver. Uh, does a hole punch. Enjoyed the ride. Chess, did you give over your ticket? So, fun fact, I never technically gave her my ticket for the feasting portrait place either. Okay. <laughs> I just gotta walk in with everybody and nobody stop me. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, my DM brain was just like, okay, get him in, get him in. So, do you still, uh, resist? I, would, I don't resist, but, like, almost as though, like, I'm pretty, like, I know that I'm supposed to give her my ticket, but like after they punch Lorelai's ticket, I just kind of try to walk in with the group. And if the guy stops me, then I'm just like, oh, sorry, I didn't understand. I thought we only had to get one punch or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you know, just, I thought we just had to get one punch, man. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, um, but like, I'm not gonna resist, but if he stops me, I give him my ticket. But uh, Yeah, he does. This one in particular will. Yeah, I was gonna say, but for the Feasting Orchard, yeah, I just walked in with everybody and nothing was said about it, so I'm like, I don't have a, like, I still have eight punches on my ticket. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you earned it. <laughs> you are stopped. He, he won't actually let you go past until you, uh, until you get your ticket punched. There. And yeah, you, this, uh, this human will make sure that you, uh, you, uh, you hand over your ticket, he punches it, and you hop in to a rather smooth and comfortable swishing gondola being led by a giant swan. Well, that sounds delicious. I mean, relax. This is more just for my amusement. Does the boat seem to, like, tip or dip into the water at all as I get on? Absolutely. In fact, the swan looks back to you and goes, Feasting Orchard? Yes, Feasting Orchard. I figured. <laughs> the swan rolls its eyes. And it is speaking perfect common. I'm assuming Bamuth has been here long enough that this is just normal to him. Uh, indeed. Uh, you know that all the all the swans actually speak. Do I know any of their names? You uh, only because you haven't like done the, like gone on any of the rides or anything. You might not know them like directly. So I don't think you would know them on a first name basis. You can't okay. Get to the shit. Exactly. All right, and away we go. You you kind of hear like a strain in her uh, in her voice. As she pulls the uh, the gondola. Um, I am gonna be sitting near the edge and looking down at the water. Okay. Fascination. Very delicately drifts. The first bank, and you you do catch glimmers of like, this area here is you can only see a perfect circle of of vegetation, and poking out of the vegetation you do see like, oh fuck. Uh, you see wagon tops, tarped uh, wagon tops. The, the the swan eventually pipes up. Wow, I'm not gonna lie, you guys are much more quiet than I was expecting. Do people usually talk on these? I'd like to dabble. They certainly can. 
<laughs> Chess looks over all of his companions, like sizing them up. <laughs> Derek, as a side note, as we're now that I see that this is like a whole thing, like around the park, mm. um, I'm going to basically be listening for places that the song that we've discussed might be stronger uh, in hopes of maybe finding places where uh, the fabric of reality might be thinner. It's actually oddly very early on in your uh, in your journey that you hear you hear ever so ever so faintly ever so briefly a note being struck to the point where you're not even 100% sure if it's not in your head well it's all in my head exactly so only him or all of us he's listening for he's he's listening for it and he's kind of like especially tuned to it okay predisposed a predisposition I, I think is definitely more akin to that as we pass this area, I'm definitely going to ask Bamoth and Ellie, like, what this, like, these two things are. Like, I can see them on the map, but we haven't actually been over here yet, so Chess would not be aware of what these are yet. Bamuth kind of looks over at the big one with the tents a little bit nervously, just like, that is the Hall of Illusions, but, um, a lot of the other witch light hands say that we should go there, so I've never been inside. It's a scary place. I've never been inside either. I just know that none of the uh, hands ever go there. I definitely take special note of that. I'm just like, mm hmm. The, the swan chimes in. She goes, in a world so full of magic, isn't time an illusion? <laughs> you see Bamuth's face just completely go, like, blank as he tries to comprehend that concept. Like, almost as a reflex from the swan saying that, Chess says, uh... <laughs> says, like, what are we but mad dreams of mightier beings? And the swan nods. Over here, you see... This one is actually a little bit easier to visually see. You see dust being kicked up under, being covered by large bleachers. And every so often, you see somebody on snail back. Giant snails, roughly about seven feet tall in terms of the shell. Racing in circles. Jeez. Yeah, they're not small. I've always wanted to do that, but they're so big. Bamuth is taller than snails, so I cannot ride. He looks down sadly. Maybe they'll come bigger. Do you think so? Maybe. Oh. Bamuth gets just an excited look on his face. Are the, snail, are the snails moving like normal snail speed? No. They're, They're actually moving really fast. Gotcha. How, are there like 
human-sized people writing them, or yes. like smaller? Okay. It is human-sized people writing them. They are caravan goers, right? Not staff. They are. Uh, they are carnival goers. Okay. Kind of like weird pony rides. Super fast pony rides. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe I could go, and you could. You could join me, like sit on my shoulder or something. You think so? I don't know. I got a lot of cakes. She'll pat her belly. Which is still somehow perfectly flat. <laughs> I might be up to 15, 20 now. Over here, you hear rumblings of carts going in a very well constructed dragon's mouth. And you hear people squealing with joy. Some people, like, looking terrified. Chess, you hear that strum again. By the, by the mystery mine? Yeah. I, I kind of point to that, and I go, like... Do the... Do the witchlight hands also warn you about that ride? Looking at Ellie and Bamoth. Uh, no, I haven't heard anything about um that one. You seem to be looking for something. Well, what do you, what do you seek? I kind of just I smile and I'm like, let's call them peepholes through the grand curtain of reality, my friend. Is that why you're at the carnival, looking for these peepholes? I look at Lorelai, kind of like, judging whether or not we should tell them. I'm seeking some sort of confirmation on her end. I'll just, I'll like, smile and like, give him a, a nod. She doesn't care too much about like, secrets per se, so... Gotcha. So she's just like, oh. In that case, I'll, I'll go ahead and like, tell them the uh, truth as best as, you know, Chess understands it in his very chess way, where he's just like, we are adventurers on a noble quest to save the great queen of cupcakes in her fey land of Prismir. So we seek passage into the Feywild. I'm hoping one of these peepholes might be able to uh, facilitate our necessity. Does, I imagine that he wouldn't understand the cupcake queen thing, but does Prismir ring any bells for Bamuth? No, this is the first time you're ever hearing this word. Uh, what about for Ellie? Same. Okay. I did say well, that, right? It is Prismir, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. You are <laughs> I was like, is Derek just being like, no, you have no idea what he's talking about because chat fucked up. No, 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 no. No, I, I would I would correct if it came to that. I'm afraid that I've never heard of the Cupcake Queen or Prismir. Me neither. Well, just because you don't know if it exists. Well, do you even know you exist? Says the says the uh, swan. Once again, Bamuth this time, rather than just like going blank, he sees he just furrows his brow, concerned, and he begins patting himself. Chess <laughs> again, because Chess only knows how to react with crazy with crazy. Chess like tat like pat Bamuth on the leg, uh, just kind of like comfortingly, and he's just like, I can assure you, my friend, you don't exist, but that's okay. 
it, it doesn't mean your life is any less useful than those that do. I think he exists. Bamuth at this point is looking around, just panicked. He, he starts hyperventilating. <laughs> the the swan really chuckles. I don't exist. My whole life is a lie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Caitlin. I totally cut you off. <laughs> so you you definitely exist. I'm gonna go up and uh, pinch him. Oh, with my negative oh. one strength. <laughs> You take, you take negative one damage. <laughs> you heal somehow from being pinched. <laughs> Yay! I think you exist. <sighs> I'm gonna fly up real close to his face, studying it. Yep, you exist. That is a relief. <sighs> what is relief? Says the swan. What is joy? Joy is cakes and bright colors, and glitter, and flying. I agree. All of those things make me happy, so I think that is joy. Oh, I'm going to backtrack here a little bit. Chess, you hear one, one last chord very briefly by Dragonfly Rides. Gotcha. So, okay. Dragonfly Rides, Hall of Illusions, and the Mind Drain thing, Mystery Mind. Oh, and puppies, and kittens, and... Sausages. <sighs> Sausages make you fat, says the swan. <laughs> Ellie's going to look down at herself. Am I fat? I don't think so. Well, if you Bam exist, like, takes his finger and taps you like on the top of the head and is like, don't worry, I do not think you are fat. You are very tiny. I met a fat fairy once. He couldn't even fly. Bamble kind of chuckles. That does sound funny. He ate more cakes and sausages. I'm trying to think of more to say, but I feel like we're waiting for you, Derek. <laughs> you waiting for yes. us? We're no, no, no. That I'm... wonderful, weird time of who's supposed to talk next. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was kind of letting you guys. Uh... I was say I kind of want to say something to the Swan now because I feel like the Swan's trying to like confuse my friends. Okay, go for it. I'm just trying to think about. I'm trying to think about what to say because like they're asking lots of questions. <laughs> I'm going to say something like, why ask so many questions when, you're when your importance is defined by those that you carry around for relaxation? It seems to me that once we're gone, your story ends. So why ask what joy is when you can clearly have none beyond this moment? Purely in an I attempt to get the swan to shut up a little bit and, like, stop freaking my friends she, out. She oddly doesn't. She actually perks up and is like, well, you know, it's funny. Me and the... Uh, friend, uh, Bertley, we, uh, what we like to do is we like to, like, have late night debates... Uh, he has a profound mind and is simply wasting it guarding those staff wagons. He misses his brother tremendously, which is why I think he likes to talk to me. So his story, story isn't over, and his either. No one knows what happened to Hurley, but everyone knows he didn't quite fit in very well. Hold you on. said Hurley, right? Hold on, you, yeah, you were kind of cutting in. Of, uh, exposition. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> okay. You said so... Hurley, right? Yup. With an H. There's. Burly, and there's Burly. Okay. So, Burly guards the staff area, he has a profound mind, and he debates with the swans, and he misses his brother Hurley. Yes, who has disappeared. Who has disappeared. Um, for my character reference, does does Burly ever seem sad when we're talking to him? For your character reference, like, while not mean, he is very on the job. Okay. 
he does like to kind of keep on How did you get Burly to talk? Have you ever got him to stop talking? I want to know that trick. He doesn't talk to me. He just go there, do this. Watch that person. Burly is very bossy. <laughs> well, maybe you ought to get him to trust you a little more. Thanks, GM. Maybe if I make him a scarf. I hear you say that, and I'm just like, yes, clearly Laura is correct. We should be bringing Burly cupcakes. It's the only solution. <laughs> <laughs> and I am dead serious about this. Like, cupcakes are clearly now Chess's new solution to everything. The world would just be a better place if we all had them. Because the queen's awesome. She will say, I couldn't help but notice you were particularly interested in the Hall of Illusions. Before you disembark, I figured you might have a a little bit more information. This is more gossip than anything. Ooh. I'll have you know that the mime Candlefoot, who is the guy who runs the Hall of Illusions, made a disastrous attempt to propose to the maid Prasal. Uh, excuse me, Polisha. So uh, he was about. Hold up, the mime Candlefoot. Is that what you said? The mime Candlefoot, Candlefoot was about to propose. To propose to. I'll get you the I'll get you the vocab words. Thanks. She continues. He was about to declare his love for the mermaid uh, in front of everyone when the words actually left him with a gasp. It was most unusual, and he hasn't spoken a word since. Pashala herself is very upset. So be careful if you should see her. She's not where? too far from here. I was gonna say, where does she hang out? Did she hang out in the giant clam? She does. Which is right there. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I forget if we end at 3 or 3.30. Uh, I thought we ended at 2. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I apologize. It's uh, okay. We'll go ahead and end it there for today. This was The Vibe Check, a Fey Wild Adventure. The story was voiced by Chad as Chess, Ian as Bamuth, Christy as Ellie, Caitlin as Lorelai, and I am your dungeon master, Derek. If you can, please support the cast. Caitlin is a singer in the band Siren Valley. Siren Valley can be listened to on all major streaming platforms. That's S-I-R-E-N-V-A-L-L-E-Y. Most of, if not all, of the art is provided by Ian. You can find Ian at Steamed Iguana, all one word, on YouTube and Instagram. That's S-T-E-A-M-E-D-I-G-U-A-N-A. The music brought to you in part by Sirenscape. Visit Sirenscape.com for a staggering collection of module-specific soundscapes, moods, and sound effects. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E.com and MonumentStudios.net. For thousands of copyright-free, high-quality tracks to fit your fantasy, horror, cinematic moods, as well as Foley sounds, magic sounds, and much, much more. That's M-O-N-U-M-E-N-T-S-T-U-D-I-O-S dot net. These are not paid endorsements in any way, we just really love what they do. The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, a Fey Wild Adventure, was written for Wizards of the Coast and is owned by Hasbro Incorporated. All rights reserved. Please support the official game. You will not regret it.